Hey, this is Dave Pryor. We're here in the Leading Agile booth at Agile 2019. We're doing interviews all week long with speakers and thought leaders and other folks that are helping to improve the way we work and make it easier for us to do Agile and get things done to deliver better product for the customers. And Arlo Belshi and Marion Mulkey are here, and we're going to talk about technical debt. Yes. And that is something that's been a big concern of yours for a long time. Yes. Okay. So what are you focusing on right now? So it's really specifically, what are the things in code that block business options? Okay. And it's often more visible from the other direction. Revenue is being blocked. A strategic choice is being blocked. There are things that you want to do, but you can't. Right. And when you look at it, the reason you can't is because the product won't let you. Okay. And... Helping them understand the importance of technical debt, is that still a big challenge? I mean, um, it's not as sexy as the new thing we could do. <laughs> yeah. So helping people understand the importance is somewhat a challenge, but most people who have the problem know they have the problem. Okay. They might not have the language. They might not have the precise knowledge of what the problem is, but they know I want to do a thing and we have bugs every time. So customers don't take our releases. Okay. I want to ship to the, to the cloud and our deploys take three months to verify. And so I can't possibly, okay. they know, you know, they have an objective they're trying to accomplish and they just can't, they can't figure out how to get there. Yeah. And, and like their teams are not capable of it and their teams aren't capable of it because the code won't let the teams be capable and, of it. And the organizational structure and all the other things that go along with it. Well, often gets built up after the fact. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like accountability is often a really big problem at a lot of companies and you look down why. And uh, sometimes it's because accountability is a problem. Okay. Much more often, it's because when you get down to the team level, right. the variability that they have when they're working on a given story is like 400% the time of effort, the effort okay. that's involved in the story. And so I want you to be consistent and deliver on your deadlines yeah. when there's a random variable that's five times my effort. Okay. Yeah. So how do they, what do they do? I and mean, what can they do? Right. Well, so fortunately, technical debt is a solvable problem, okay. um, but it's not a trivially solvable problem. Okay. Um, and in particular, it continues to grow because the way that teams lead, uh, that leaders lead, yeah. and the way that developers code reinforce and recreate this problem. Okay. So yeah. you mentioned before we started the interview that they're fixing 5% of the, when they try to fix the problem. Yeah. It's very tactical. Yeah. One specific issue. Yeah. So like we, a symptom. Yeah. Right? So we did a survey at one company um, and uh, 104 teams and we ta asked them, what are the top three technical debt problems that you have that block you? Right. Uh, that you think you should do something about? And what are the top three that you think someone else should do something about? Okay. Right. And the more than half of the things, uh, there was one team that responded with that, even after we clustered and clumped them. Okay. Um, the one that had the greatest common response, six teams thought it was a problem. Three of them thought it was theirs. Three of them thought it was somebody else's. Out of how many? Out of 104. That's kind of a spread. Yeah. And so the result... <laughs> so you can make life better for this team, but screw the rest of them. Yeah. And, okay. and teams, in fact, like there was one team that said their biggest problem was they needed more automated tests. And another team reporting to the same manager said their biggest problem was too many automated tests. They needed to delete them. <laughs> They're both right. As the manager, okay. how do you set the direction? Well, yeah. How do you prioritize anything? Right. right. Okay. And so the problem is every direction... Every single direction is wrong for 95% of your organization, which means any direction you set as a leader will look stupid to 95% well, of your organization. Also, <laughs> if it's such a small problem, why fix that one? Where's the big, where's the 20% that fixes 80% of the problem? And there isn't one. Okay. The, it's the, it's that every single team has a different set of the 20% that will, will fix yeah. all of their problems, 80%. And they're just different from team to team. 
So then would you try to prioritize those things based on which team is having the biggest financial impact or something like that? Or Honestly, companies try all of these sorts of things. None of them okay. work. So what do they do? You need to switch from accountability to ownership. Okay. So, Can you say more about that? Yeah, happy to. Um, so we, I mean, this is exactly what David Marquet talks about in the Turn the Ship Around. Yep. Um, Which is an amazing book. A wonderful book. Yeah. <laughs> Great videos. Good things. Um, so... In that, he talks about when leadership comes from the top or comes from setting a direction right. and do so on, thing. do this thing, um, then it's difficult to respond to the variability in context. And that's okay. exactly what's happening here. And this is even more than on a nuclear submarine. There's just a tremendous amount of variability. And people don't have ownership of it. They don't have ownership. Right. And so the switch from accountability to ownership is to create that ownership locally on individual teams. Okay. So that they are picking their direction and going after what matters. And they're also still re- responsible. Okay. They are creating small communities with the other couple of teams that are impacted or are causing the problem to okay. address each problem. All right. So I want to talk about the instructional design part in a second. But mm-hmm. does that mean that teams should locally be empowered, trusted, whatever, to decide which technical debt issues they have to fix? And if so... Isn't that going to ripple, have a ripple effect to the rest of the organization or the rest of the architecture, whatever? Sure. Okay. So how do you know that you fixing your problem doesn't screw somebody else? Yeah. So there's a couple of elements to that. Okay. Um, uh, One of those is uh, is switching the way the leadership works isn't the complete breakfast. It's part of the complete breakfast. Um, So uh, other key elements that we include are safeguarding, which is how to use your bugs to... choose which things to prioritize and and make funding decisions um, and make the place safer for people to work in. Um, And the other is code by refactoring, which is how do you make changes without externalizing costs on anybody else? Okay. Completely safe bug for bug compatible changes. Isolate your... your Clean up your own room. Yeah. And clean up your room in a way that even if you're sharing the hall with someone and you need to clean the hall, you do it in a way that doesn't hurt them. Negatively. Okay. All right. Now you're talking about massive organizations that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's part of the work that you're doing. So can you explain how that works together? The stuff that you're creating? Yeah. So I know exactly what to do and what behaviors we need and can get real precise on that. And I can teach that by mentoring, which means I'm limited to the number of people that yeah, I can sit next to. Issue. Right. So fortunately, I've partnered with an instructional designer. Okay. <laughs> I focus on learning at scale. Okay. So my whole focus is to make sure that multiple people can experience the same learning uh, outcomes. Okay. And be able to personalize it to what they need in their environment and for their team. Okay. And and do that without one person always being there, like a technical coach being uh, aligned to one team at a time. Okay. Uh, for example, we start with training, half a half-day workshop. Okay. And that is, that's your, your awareness, right? Okay. It, but it doesn't create any sort of change. And But you have a shared language. And that's which for is the great. teams. Right. That's for okay. the teams. That creates your shared language. You create some champions within that team to make sure that they can be accountable to each other. Okay. And uh, have, a re- have a resource so okay. that they're practicing within themselves continuously. Okay. And then uh, every two days, you're practicing one tiny micro habit. 
Right. It can be, it's just one thing. And then you're doing it over and over and over. And you have a visual trigger to remind you every time you run into this, you do this. So can you give an example of that? Um, One example is how you name something when you extract a method. Okay. So we call that honest names, the honest names habit. And once you do that, every time you extract a method, you have a little reminder. Make sure that whenever you run into a name that does not tell you exactly what this does or fix it. Or every time you extract it, make sure you create an honest name. Okay. And so you do that continuously for two days. And then at the end of the two days, one of us calls in or another coach, technical coach can call in and do a retrospective. The shared stories that happen out of that retrospective yeah. is the key because okay. that, that's the key to continuous change and being able to grow and, and, and value what the impact was. Okay. Um, and by doing that team by team by team, the only exposure is the workshop, which right. is the shared language and then after that it's just the check-ins for shifting the habits every two days and those habits build up and create bigger uh, mind shifts and it's those mind shifts that help to make sure that they are doing the code by refactory that he referenced that makes it safe okay so you're kind of teaching them some new habits to stop the bleeding Mm -hmm. and start to heal the system little by little Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes and then many of those habits build the safety mechanisms that allow them to be able to do things that does clean their house and even help in the hallway without messing up the other rooms okay now what about when they find something that is i mean i know five percent but if it's something that crosses a whole bunch of different teams that they nobody can figure out locally how to do it just by themselves how do they address that so circles and soup gives a great answer. Okay. So um, in any problem of, of that kind, you can decompose it into a whole bunch of different aspects. Okay. Some of which are in your control, some of which are in your sphere of influence, but right. not in your control. And some of which are outside your influence or just like global systemic problems. Yeah. Okay. You can act in all three. So if it's in your control, do something about it. Yeah. Right. So for those parts that are there, you do. Okay. For those parts that are not in your area of control, they're in your influence form a community to go do something about it. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Influence and create it that It sounds community. logical, but right. it's not the way it's, that a lot of companies are... It's, it's the culture is not. not set up for that. Right. And that's why ownership is necessary. It creates the okay. ability for t- the teams which actually encounter these problems and know about them to do this. Okay. And then the third category, the ones that are systemic, um, isolate. So if, if I can't change this, then how do I make it so that I'm not impacted by it? Okay. And but wouldn't you also want to boil that up to management to say, look, look, this thing is the thing that's screwing everybody up. And and you do and can. Okay. Um, and in fact, our, our growing ownership, the way that we grow it, part of that includes a meeting um, which has as one of its side effects that information can flow out. Okay. Um, but honestly, the number of global problems is very, very small. And okay. when you have a global problem, if half the teams isolate themselves from it, it suddenly very quickly decomposes into Stop local problems and it's not okay. a big deal. Yeah. Now, <laughs> is the training also including like the cultural mindset shift to the adoption of ownership? Because yes. the habits you can teach them, but yeah. them feeling like this is my responsibility. Yeah. So every single bit uh, a change that we make yeah. it has both habits and mind shifts blended together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So every for every mind shift, there's four or five small habits okay. that are necessary in order for them to achieve that mind shift. And a lot of people will build that they'll say they need to achieve this objective yeah. or this mind shift or this this way of thinking, and they'll teach small parts of it, but they all. De- 
they depend on each other. So okay. you don't see the light until you're at the end of the tunnel. And yeah. by that time, a lot of people have walked out of the room. They're done. You know, <laughs> okay. Like, whatever. But if you can make each of those small habits very... Um, mind-blowing transformational yeah. like oh this helps me every day that I extract a method and rename something um, that that has improved away X, the yes yeah. then they're excited just about that small habit they don't okay. they haven't even achieved that big mind shift yet and that's fine because they've achieved some small win yeah. there and then another small win and another small win four and of those builds. small wins and you've got a whole mind shift of how you even how we even do that particular series of habits or whatever that series of habits has represented. Okay. Yeah. So for example, the one that she chose of honest names, yeah. honest names is a specific behavior and we teach it one way and it is part of the mind shift insight loop with it. You combine combined with the others, you okay. learn the insight loop, which is a whole different way to track and think about the sequence of coding. And okay. as people start doing that, they're checking in more often and it, ripples out all over the That's place. That's cool. And that cuts down the amount of time you have to actually read the code, which is a huge amount of waste. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have one more question. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the folks here at the conference are focused on agile transformation. Yeah. Helping a whole company change everything about how it works. Yeah. This sounds to me almost like a transformation that would have to occur within the transformation. Is that is that an okay so, way to say it? or Yeah, somewhat. So okay. Deep Roots is very narrowly focused, intentionally so. Okay. Um, and that's the company. We, and that's, that's yeah. our company. Yeah, yeah. it's Deep Roots. Um, we solve the technical debt problem that blocks the business and blocks a lot of the transformation, blocks a lot of those things, and we leave the rest for others. Right? Okay. So we want to pair with... You're doing a safe adoption. Great, bring us in. Yeah. You're doing a PMI waterfall adoption. Great, bring us in. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, everybody's got this problem. Everybody's Everybody got this problem. Okay. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if people, I want to mention the, t- the talks too before, yeah. before I ask you guys to share, if folks yeah. can get in touch with you. So on Monday, you did the cleaning your code without necessarily being a technical coach. Yes. Um, and. You've got the other one with James about the large technoculture transformation. And I'm assuming that this kind of plays into both of those in some respects. Yes. Okay. Um, if they want to get in touch with you to learn more about your talks or about what we just discussed, mm-hmm. what is the best way for folks to do that? So our website is not quite up yet. We're still okay. a brand new company in that one, right. in that sense. We're well, that's okay. Reading clients. Email, that. Twitter. Twitter you got email, something. Twitter. Yes. So Twitter um, uh, at Dig Deep Roots. Okay. Is us. Cool. Um, uh, or email uh, Arlo at Dig Deep Roots. Okay. And Marion at Dig Deep Roots. Cool. Right, yeah. This is great. Thank you. Thank for you for coming by. And I'm Thank glad you. we finally got to do an interview. So yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very good. much.